0: Friday on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel Two O Four. I am your host Ben Stevens. Friday on the morning after means it's a football Friday on the morning after. In our third hour of the show, put your threes up for happy hour on a Friday. We get you set for the NFL Sunday slate. Jim Saunas from Fanduel Number Fire with a Saunas Sunday slate to give you where all the edges are for this weekend in the NFL, and also one of the sharpest men you will find in any area of life. Yanni the Greek joins us live from Las Vegas to round out the program to give you the edge heading into this weekend. In our second hour, we also get you set for college football. A full-blown CFB preview. Big Ten games. Games on a Friday night. The disrespect for the Syracuse Orange. Also a look at the latest college football playoff odds up on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. In our first hour as well, outside of the NFL and looking back on Thursday night and previewing the weekend, we also talk some playoff baseball, October baseball. On this show, we will decide did Wilmer Flores go? The answer, no, he did not. Helping me through all of that in our first hour from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern here on a Football Friday on the morning after, it is our good pal Mike Blewett back on the show once again, the host of pro football today each and every Sunday right here on the grid 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern leading you right in to that early window of National Football League games on a Sunday Mike Blewett again welcome back on a Friday here a football Friday on the morning after
1: hey buddy excited to be here obviously we got off to an interesting start last night Uh, Bucks Eagles but a lot of good action Uh, I like being here on Fridays especially during baseball season. It's fun to get a little baseball Mm. here in the first hour, considering the stakes that occurred last night. It's going to be a fun one to talk about in a few minutes.
0: Let's dive right into it. It was a Thursday night with tons of great action all around the sports landscape, college football, Thursday night football, between the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles, and a winner take all game number five in the Bay between the San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers. First, our focus Thursday night football blew it all the time. You will hear us say on TMA the hook giveth and the hook taketh last night, oh, yeah. depending on what side you were on, either Philly or Tampa Bay, that hook was mightily important. The line closed in favor of Tampa Bay prior to kickoff last night at six and a half. The final score, as you see right there, Tampa wins 28-22, but Tampa does not cover Mike Blewett because of some interesting movements late in that fourth quarter. Tampa Bay decides to go for it on fourth down from Philly's 46-yard line late in that game, around nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're up by 14. Why go for it? Why not just ice the game and play the field position battle? The world may never know. But it gives the ball back to the Eagles. The Eagles march down and score. They then decide to go for two, and they're down by eight, 28-20. What does the book say? Nick Seriani goes for the two-point conversion. The Eagles convert. A six-point ball game that ends right there, 28-22. Blew it, as we say once again. The hook giveth, the hook taketh. What did you take away from Thursday night football last night between the Eagles and the Bucks?
1: Certainly some people are going to feel like it's a bad beat. Uh, I would disagree and push back on anybody that thinks the Bucks shouldn't have gone there on fourth and two. I think getting the first down there dramatically increases your chances of winning the game especially the, the fact that Tom Brady and Antonio Brown were so good together last night. Uh, I felt like there are a number, and Fournette was really good last night, too. I think there's a number of reasons, as we welcome in our radio audience here on a football Friday with a little baseball uh, in there. We have Sirius XM, Channel 204, the Mightier 1090. It's the morning after with Mike Blewett and Ben Stevens. So we'll talk uh, a little bit about baseball later, but for now, talking Bucks eagles Ben, I just think that they should go there almost every time. Fourth and two, they're going to get that. They'll drain another three minutes off the clock. They didn't get it. They had to deal with the consequences, and the Eagles come down. And some people are questioning, well, they're down eight. Why are they going for two? Uh, The reality is with time dwindling, Ben, they have to go for two there to increase their chances of winning the game. If they miss the two there, they still have to score a touchdown and get another two-point conversion to tie it. Uh, I thought Hurts was erratic early. Brady was unbelievably sharp. But for me personally, in capping games like that, the home dog on a Thursday night is almost an autoplay. Even when you have to hold your nose like you had to going into last night's game, I would not have bet the Bucks
0: laying the points. It's too many home dog on a Thursday night. I mean, the hook is vitally important. But when all is said yeah. and done, there's no pictures on the scorecard. Philly covers. Despite losing 28 to 23. Tampa, by the way, now, Mike Blewett, only two and four against the number this year. But looking back on yeah. Thursday night football last night, from a prop perspective, numbers that you absolutely need to know. Tom Brady, like Mike referenced, very efficient last night 34 of 42, 297 yards, two passing scores, and an interception. But the 42 passing attempts over his passing attempts prop of 38 and a half. Tom Brady in six games now for Tampa Bay is averaging. 44-and-a-half passing attempts per game. They are throwing the ball a ton, is Tampa. They also ran the ball over 30 times last night, Mike, for what felt like the first time in maybe a calendar year. Leonard Fournette, 22 carries, 81 yards over his rushing attempts prop, over his rushing yards prop of 62-and-a-half. So a good performance out-of-playoff, Lenny, Thursday night, Lenny, last night against the Eagles. And then Jalen Hurts, 10 carries, 44 yards, two scores, over his rushing attempts prop of eight and a half we dive in a little bit deeper to Thursday night football some takeaways from Thursday and how both of these teams now fare in the NFC conference landscape mainly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the front runners to win the conference again that's coming up next
2: right here on the grid sportsgrid.com Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24/7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. sportsgrid.com
0: Longer than ever.
2: Finally, Tampa itself
0: seeking a three-peat, Buccaneers' Rays all significant uh, confirmation that sports in Tampa Bay bigger and better than ever. Sports professor Rick Carl, Sports News Minute. Welcome back to the morning after here on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 204. It is a football Friday, and for this first hour, I'm Ben Stevens alongside Mike Blewett. And Mike, looking back again at Thursday night football, a recap: Tampa winning 28-22 on the road in Philadelphia. The Bucks five and one straight up this year, but just two and four against the number. Blewett. 0 three against the number as a road favorite this year, not covering by an average of about five and a half points per game. Meanwhile, the Philadelphia Eagles three and three against this number with a positive plus differential to the spread so far this year. When you look at last night's game blew it. There was a big discrepancy in time of possession and controlling the football that favored Tampa Bay. And yet the Bucks only won by six points. What did you take away from Thursday night football?
1: So. It's a 6-point game. The Bucks ran 73 offensive plays, 4 seconds shy of 40 minutes time of possession. Mm. The Eagles ran 47 offensive plays. It's a 26 play differential and they only had the ball for 20 minutes. Early on in this game, Brady was really unstoppable. He couldn't he couldn't miss a pass, I think in the first for most of the first half he only had one incompletion. And Hertz was not sharp. He was overthrowing the ball on the night. He ends up, I believe, 12 of 20. They were 12 of 26 on the night. So he did not have his best night. But he obviously ran in a couple of touchdowns. They were able to make enough plays to keep it close. You mentioned the fourth and two, which kind of played this field position game, which gave them a short field. But at one point, it's really odd. Because at one point, it's 28-7, to and the game is over. But... The Eagles fought their way back into it and had a chance to get a stop late. There was a third and seven late that Antonio Brown caught that if it was knocked down, the Bucks are probably kicking a field goal, which still may ice the game. But it put the Eagles would have put the Eagles back in the mix to potentially drive again, maybe a, a, a an onside kick. But really considering the offensive disparity plays in time of possession, It seems surprising that the Eagles got within six. But again, these fluky Thursday night games, it doesn't matter generally how good the teams are. It is difficult to respond three days later after your previous game as we get into the heart of the season. So these home dogs
0: are very live on
1: Thursday nights.
0: And they were once again. The hook giveth, the hook taketh. If you were a Philly backer last night, the hook Definitely giveth when you got that cover by that half a point. The Bucks winning by 6, 28-22. The spread at kick, Tampa Bay favored by 6.5 points. But focusing on Philly here, Blewett, and the NFC East picture at large. Philadelphia, not a great first-half team, but they have been resilient in the second half for a couple of backdoor covers. Even a late game-winning drive last week against Carolina. So entering yesterday, Blewett, entering Thursday night football, Philly had the second-shortest odds to win the NFC East, far behind the Dallas Cowboys, but were plus 750. After the loss last night at home at the link, Philly now the third-shortest odds, the second-longest odds to win the NFC East division on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. Philly went from plus 750 now to plus 1,000, 10-1, the second-longest odds. You see the Washington football team jump ahead of them. They are plus 850, but really blew it. The division is controlled right now, by the Dallas Cowboys, a hefty price right there, minus 460 as the heavy minus money odds on favorites for Dallas. it when you look at the make playoff market, which we did earlier this week, Philly's odds to make the playoffs still on FanDuel, maybe they haven't been updated, are plus 250. Far shorter than that of the Washington football team, but it still feels right now, Blewett, one team controls this division in the NFC East, that being the Dallas Cowboys. And Dallas, probably the only team out of this division making the postseason this season.
1: Yeah, three point favorites going into New England. They could push this to five and one. We'll surprise some people, but five and one in front of a two and four Philly team and potentially a two and four a Washington team who plays the Chiefs would give the Dallas Cowboys an absolutely resounding lead as we are getting to like the third pole I used to be able to say the quarter pole or the half pole. Yeah. Now the math is all jacked up. So uh, we'll say about a third of the way through the season. They're they're going to be in a, in a significant position to win this. They clearly have been the best team in this division. The Giants have been a mess Philly to their credit has been a little better than I expected. I still think they have deficiencies in the defensive backfield beyond Darius slay and the problem with the offense right now, and shout out to my friend Emery Hunt, who sort of encapsulated it well as he was posting about it last night, the Philly offense feels like they're just running a bunch of plays right now, and that there's no cohesive offense. The, The crowd was doing the Bronx cheer, sorry Philly, but the Bronx cheer as they handed the ball off to Miles Sanders in the second half last night, which they were not doing. They only had 47 plays, so that's a part of it, but... Miles Sanders can be an effective back if they give it to him. There's offensive line issues there, defensive backfield issues. I still think there's a lot of holes on this team, and I don't think they'll make the playoffs. But if I'm being honest, I think Hurts and the team have been better than I anticipated, buoyed in some way by Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, who's been really good this year. They've been able to pressure the quarterback and create messier situations for teams that are not the Tampa Bay Bucks.
0: Yeah, so the Cowboys minus 460 to win the NFC East Division as well. Like Blewett mentioned, laying three on the road against the Patriots in Foxboro. Dallas, the last remaining unbeaten team against the number so far this year in the National Football League. The Bucs also very heavy favorites to win the NFC South. They are minus 470. That is the longest odds on favorite number of any team in any division in the nfc right now no surprise they are the reigning super bowl champions but when you look at the nfc south market it's a little bit more interesting for some of the teams that might factor in to the wild card race the new orleans saints plus plus 550 to win the division the carolina panthers 15 to 1 to win the division blew it when you look at the make playoff odds for the saints and the panthers right now new orleans in minus money Minus 102 to the yes to make the playoffs. The Panthers still plus 215. So Tampa, a secure hold on this division. The shortest odds once again to win the NFC Conference Championship. Tied with the Buffalo Bills for the shortest odds to win the Super Bowl right now at plus 550. But I don't want to focus too much on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. it. looking pretty good as they shore up the defense, get some injuries back into the fold. They should be all right. What I want to focus on is one of those teams we mentioned there, the second shortest odds or the second longest odds i should say rather the carolina panthers to win the nfc south right now carolina in a pretty interesting game this upcoming sunday that we have seen a line flip on mike blewett the panthers hosting the minnesota vikings down there in north carolina carolina opened up as a one point favorite at home against the vikings now the panthers getting two points at home against minnesota cousins on the road For the Minnesota Vikings, how do you break down this game, Mike, between the Vikings and the Panthers?
1: I think this is a tough one. I think you did a good job with the division there. I'm still bullish on the Panthers, but I think this game is about as even a game as we have this entire weekend. I think that's why you saw a Mm -hmm. line flip. Uh, I'm still bullish on the Panthers, but I think the Vikings absolutely have a shot to make the playoffs. It isn't always pretty Ben when we're picking the seventh team to make the playoffs in these conferences. It could be a nine and eight team and eight and nine team this year that makes the playoffs. So it isn't going to be pretty week in week out for the teams that we think might be the last team in Uh, right now. I'm going to take the points with the home dog, but it does worry me a little bit as Darnold really regressed last couple of weeks.
0: And the big thing for Sam Darnold in that Carolina offense, Christian McCaffrey listed as a very questionable 50-50 to play this upcoming Sunday against Minnesota, but he did not participate in practice yesterday. CMC was huge for this offense when Carolina started off the year 2-0 and then a perfect 3-0 in those first two games. Christian McCaffrey averaged 162 yards of total offense over those first two Panthers wins since starting off 3-0. Carolina has dropped two straight games we'll dive into that game just a little bit later on Mike Blewett. but as we transition away from the NFL even on a football Friday here on the morning after we need to touch on game number five winner take all last night in San Francisco the Dodgers and the Giants did Wilmer Flores go no he did not but the Dodgers will go to the NLCS we recap that game coming up on the other side of the break right here on the grid SiriusXM XM channel 204. Right back here on the morning after on a football Friday on SportsGrid. You're listening on Sirius XM channel 204 all across the Sports Grid network. I am Ben Stevens. And for this first hour, we are joined as we have been the last couple of Fridays. And aren't we lucky to do so by Mike Blewett. But Mike, it's not just a football Friday. It's also an October baseball no, Friday as well. Yeah. Major League Baseball yes. playoff action. And last night, up in the Bay, Oracle Park. San Francisco the Dodgers and the Giants a winner take all game number five Mike it was a beautiful stage for it everything reaching a crescendo last night the Giants won 107 games this year the Dodgers won 106 games in the regular season this year in the season series the Giants won 10 the Dodgers won nine so of course it goes to game five and of course it is tied heading into the ninth inning. But Cody Bellinger, a game-winning RBI that scores Justin Turner, and then a very questionable check swing call that ended the season for the San Francisco Giants. Nevertheless, the Dodgers prevail 2-1 to one over San Francisco, sending the Giants home and sending Los Angeles into the National League Championship Series. The Dodgers, a slight underdog on the road last night the total was seven seven and a half didn't matter went way under finishing with a combined total of three runs the Dodgers again winning two to one Mike Blewett a very simple question did Wilmer Flores go
1: he did not but it was an 0-2 pitch I believe so Mm -hmm. I think a lot is going to be made of it because it ended the Giants season and I understand it if I'm a Giants fan this morning I'm pretty salty but it doesn't mean that they didn't call him out on a on a fluke play. It was a it was a close check swing. I didn't think he went, but uh, such is life. I, I think a lot of us out there are supporters of robot umps, and uh, I wouldn't mind us seeing going in that direction. But to think that that uh, halted the series in a way that the Giants didn't deserve it isn't true. The narrative about last night is they go with an opener. Knable comes in there. Gratterall, and then they pass it off onto Urias, It only gives up one home run. The home run he gives up is to Darren Ruff. Oh. Darren Ruff's numbers on the series, 0-9 for 9 with four strikeouts, and he hit it to Oakland uh, last night. It <laughs> was a bomb. Straight away center. Uh, nobody was getting that one. And then the hero of the game, Cody Bellinger, a guy that had yep. absolutely confusing struggles all year long. As a Yankees fan, I'm going through it with glaber torres what happened as a dodgers fan you're apoplectic as to what happened to your erstwhile mvp hitting 165 and then this year do you know what his numbers were against the giants this year on the season ben in the regular season
0: no i do not please give me those numbers mike Pluit.
1: two for 48 21 strikeouts against the giants this year was cody bell those are his numbers against the giants this year And this series, he has two monster hits, none bigger than the one last night. He's obviously had big hits before, uh, like last year in the World Series. But this one wins it for the Giants. A very likable player. Uh, I'm a fan of him, but uh, happy to see him sort of rebound with this series and get back on the right track with a couple of huge hits in this series to win it.
0: And it was Max Scherzer in there in the bottom of the ninth, facing off against the Giants who earned his first career save. And I think you bring up a great point. It's a disappointing, almost flattening end to the season for the San Francisco Giants. But even if that is the first ball call of that at bat, it's a one-two count still in Scherzer's favor. And he only had a runner on first in Chris Bryant who reached base on an error from Justin Turner. So it's not like San Francisco was going to win that game, but you want to let the outcome play out instead of having it decided on a questionable call the pitching last night was fantastic Julio Arias did come in in the third inning for the Dodgers went four innings strong did have five strikeouts which was interesting blew it because his pregame K prop when he was going to be the listed starter for the Dodgers was four and a half so Julio Arias still going over that number on the other side Logan Webb sensational at home in san francisco once again seven innings pitch for logan webb only allowing four hits to the dodgers lineup one earned run and had seven strikeouts over his k-prop number of five and a half that had plus money to the over logan webb is a bona fide stud ace for the san francisco giants he will be a name no moving forward in the national league probably in contention for a couple of nl cy young certainly throughout his career especially if he continues to be as dominant as he was this season In San Francisco, a perfect 7-0 record, including the postseason, a 1-8-0 ERA at home for the Giants this year. But nevertheless, the Dodgers again advancing on to the National League Championship Series. Well, they will open up play in Atlanta tomorrow against the Atlanta Braves. And Blewett, we said this yesterday time and again on the show. When you looked at the NL pennant odds heading into game number five last night, the Atlanta Braves were the favorites at plus 145. The Dodgers were plus 180, the Giants were plus 200. Whoever you thought was going to win that winner-take-all game number five, grab their odds then with a plus-money price because they would be favored in this NLCS series against the Atlanta Braves. Sure enough, you just saw that series price. The Dodgers, a heavy favorite to beat the Atlanta Braves in this series at minus 225. Atlanta, plus 186 as the series underdog. The Braves will have home-field advantage but blew it. The Dodgers, a heavy favorite, and it seems rightfully so.
1: Yeah, but these teams went seven games last year. A couple of years ago, Ben, mm-hmm. there wasn't anybody in the world that thought the Nationals were going to win the World Series. And in each series, yep. they were the underdog. In each series, they kept advancing, and they took it all the way to Game 7 of the World Series, and they won it. You wonder if the Braves have a little bit of that mojo. I think the, I think the Dodgers probably feel extremely relieved. I don't know what game one is going to look like, but I don't like the Braves chances here as the market does not like it. The Dodgers (laughs) are clearly one of the best teams in baseball and have played like it just ousted their biggest rival. I think motivation could be tough for them in game one. But beyond that, when I look at as a seven game series, these numbers feel right to me. Um, But Maybe the Braves have that Nationals mojo from 2019 and can push through. It doesn't matter if they're underdogs in every series and they can piece it together. I wasn't sure that they were going to be the Brewers, uh, but here they are. It's Red Sox and Braves, yeah, perhaps Bre- not the teams that we expected to be here in the final four, but here we are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The Braves prevailing in that NLDS series against Milwaukee, also as the underdogs. The Dodgers, a very heavy minus money price there on the series price. Even the series spread blew it in the favor of Los Angeles by a game and a half. The juice there minus 134. You continue through the market to see how much it favors the Dodgers. The shortest correct score in this series market for the NLCS, plus 340 for the Dodgers to win this series in just five games. In fact, the four shortest outcomes for how this series will play out the Dodgers in five, six, four, and seven. All four of those shortest odds in favor of Los Angeles before you see the shortest number on the Atlanta Braves to win this series. So this nationally championship series is set. The Dodgers also once again, the favorites on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the World Series at plus 130. The team with the second shortest odds, the Houston Astros at plus 220. The team with the third shortest odds, the Boston Red Sox, who are plus 450 right now to win the World Series. Those two teams, start the american league championship series tonight in houston blew it it's the red sox and the astros the red sox an underdog in this game one opener plus 118 on that money line right now the astros the favorite at home in h-town at minus 138 the over under total is eight and a half alex corn the red sox going with chris sale in this start to open up the alcs Framber valdez on the other side for the Houston Astros. One thing should be noted about this American League Championship Series, Blewett, Lance McCullers Jr., the ace for the Astros staff, who was very impressive in the ALDS against the Chicago White Sox in two starts, left that game with some right forearm tightness. Not looking great right now that he might be available for Dusty Baker and company in this ALCS. But game one tonight, Chris Sale for the Red Sox, Framber Valdez for the Houston Astros. Who do you think has the edge tonight, Blewett, and in the series as well?
1: so i think the series is very much a toss-up right now uh, i i try to push back at like these teams were pretty close on win totals throughout the year so i try to push back and getting caught up in the emotions but you know how random baseball series can be ben we just talked about look look yeah. how random what happened with the dodgers giants was like the players that contributed to the wins were guys that were. Sh- in the middle of massive struggles. Uh, last night, we have an 0-9 guy hitting a home run, and Cody Bellinger is the hero of the series for the Dodgers after the worst year of his career. So a lot of randomness can happen. i probably had the edge towards the Red Sox. I feel like they're rolling uh, right now, even though the last week of the regular season looked terrible. I think they've been really good against the Yankees in the wild card and then the Rays uh, in the DS. So. I'm going to lean with the Red Sox here. I don't know that tonight happens necessarily. Sale was not sharp in his last outing, but uh, I'll edge the Red Sox for the series here. Maybe Red Sox in six.
0: Yeah, Chris Sale pitched in game number two last Friday in the ALDS against the Tampa Bay Rays. Only one inning of work, gave up five earned runs. Framber Valdez also pitched in game number two for the Astros against the White Sox a week ago on this Friday, four and a third, seven hits, four earned runs against the White Sox did strike out the Siders six times. But two pitchers not off their best performances of the year facing off in the opening game of the American League Championship Series. Again, the Astros the favorites not only tonight and a little bit of line movement here in the last couple of minutes. The Astros minus 144 tonight against the Red Sox. They are also minus 152 as a fan falls in our studio and caused me to jump a little bit but the Astros minus 152 in that series price against the Boston Red Sox. The two shortest outcomes for Houston in this series, six and seven games in favor of the Astros, both at plus 400. The fan is getting into it right now. Everybody is bringing the electricity. October baseball, also NFL week six. We run the triple option on the other side of the break. Stay with us right here on the bridge. Right back here on the grid on a football Friday on Sirius XM channel 204 the morning after all across the sports grid network for this first hour with Mike Blewett the host of pro football today. I am Ben Stevens. Mike Blewett hosts pro football today each and every Sunday morning throughout the National Football League season from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern to get you set for your Sunday slate that is what we will do right here as well because Mike blew you know me I believe in establishing the run to set up the play action pass there is a game in the Big Ten Conference this week between Army and Wisconsin I am feeling running the football I am feeling running the triple option so that's what we will do running the triple option right now our favorite side total and prop of NFL week number six on this upcoming Sunday. So, Blewett, let's begin with your favorite side. One of the best games of the entire Sunday slate, in my opinion, the Arizona Cardinals and the Cleveland Browns. The Browns laying three and a half at home currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Are you looking to the underdog, the lone remaining unbeaten in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals, or the home team on Sunday, the Cleveland Browns?
1: I'll tell you that in just a moment, but can I just pause and say, what is going on in that studio this morning? It is if Kevin Walsh, the host of the previous show, The Early Line, and Greg Sussman, our coordinating, overall coordinating director of content, have never worked in television before. They're standing in front of the camera seconds before we go live. There's fans falling down. everybody got to help out my man, Ben. Alex Fasano's in the back. He's downstairs. He's not protecting him. Let's secure the fans. Let's get everybody out of the shot before we get started so we don't have to wave people out of the way fair
0: fair listen it's high intensity on a football friday everybody is bringing that juice right now even the fan falling over is just fired up right now blew it but i agree a couple of consummate professionals you would think they would understand don't stand in front of the camera as we're rolling out a commercial break coming back for a football friday running the triple option but hey alas here we are running the triple option. So, blew it. let's dive into that side. Cardinals, Browns, who do you like? Uh, I do like the Browns here. Now,
1: I obviously, when we're doing this segment, we like to have a little bit of fun with it, and, and Ben and I have discussed a couple of different games that we like. I, I thought about the Chiefs here. I, I think Washington's in a tough spot, but uh, I just think Arizona, with the loss of Chandler Jones and Rodney Hudson on both sides of the ball, they have been able to pressure... Uh, opposing quarterbacks uh thanks to Jones. Now, I don't think it's uh I don't think there's a chance that they get blown out. I think Kyler is always going to keep them in games, but Baker will struggle when he's forced out of pocket. Now, when they design plays for him to roll out, he's a little bit better, but when Baker is on the move due to pressure, that puts his efficiency at a much lower rate and I think Chandler Jones' absence Is a really significant one now on the flip side the browns have been excellent obviously in pressuring the quarterback we saw what they did to justin fields just a couple of weeks ago Uh, last week they didn't get enough pressure on justin herbert but i think during the course of the nfl season we're always going to see fluky games like that wild high scoring affairs like we saw with the browns and the chargers last week Um, the three and a half i'm not in love with so what i would say to everybody out there I think this is where the Arizona Cardinals undefeated season ends, but I would not be mad if you shopped around for three, three and a half yeah. could be the difference. We saw it be the di- we saw the hook be the difference last night. It giveth and it taketh away. Uh, but right now, I like the Browns. I think they're in a good spot. The money line is too expensive at minus one eighty four, uh, but this is I think is the Browns who have had a very difficult schedule. I think this is the Browns proving that they are one of the contenders in the AFC and winning this game on Sunday.
0: Blewett, I think you bring up a great point about that number now at three and a half in favor of the home team, the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. This line opened Cleveland favored by three earlier in the week on Tuesday morning. I saw this line get down to two and a half only in favor of Cleveland. That hook can be very detrimental depending on what side you bet on on Sunday also one thing to note about to this three. game the total so I think
1: it moves to three yeah, so I, I would wait personally I
0: I agree with that I think we will see some late movement on this game again a lot of the betting public doesn't get their bets in this early in the week even on a football Friday right. they wait till Saturday night even Sunday morning just a couple of moments before kick and this game in the afternoon slate a 4 p.m. Eastern start in Cleveland Ohio one more thing about this game as well the total the over under opened up at 53 It is now down by four points to 49 currently as the over-under. Monitor the status of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, both questionable. Did not practice yesterday on a Thursday. They are going to try to attack this Arizona Cardinals defense without Chandler Jones and still a bottom five rushing defensive unit as well in the NFL this season. And then one final point, the Cardinals, perfect so far this year, straight up. Also have been booked as an underdog twice this year. They are 2-0 against the spread Covering that spread by an average margin of 24 points per game when they have been booked as an underdog so far in this early portion of the NFL season. I will go to my side now and is the Carolina Panthers. We discussed this game a little bit earlier blew it. a line flip in this game. The Panthers opened up as a one point home favorite in Carolina on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. Now it is the Vikes favored by two on the road there is a narrative out there that kirk cousins on the road is not nearly as good since 2018 when kirk cousins was the quarterback in minnesota the vikes 14 and 14 against the number on the road six and five against the number as away favorites which is where they find themselves this upcoming sunday against the panthers the panthers panthers opened up the year a perfect three and zero. they have dropped their last two games but they have still looked competitive the vikings have not done anything really blew it this year to impress me, and as a road favorite in this season alone in 2021, 0-1 against the number when they lost on the road in Cincy in that season opener to the Cincinnati Bengals. If Christian McCaffrey is back, that only goes to help my claim here, but I'm not only looking at Carolina taking the two points, I'm looking at Carolina on that money line right now at plus 108. I just think the Carolina figures it out this week. They beat the Minnesota Vikings at home straight up with a little Money, line, sprinkle. Blewett, what do you think?
1: I just think the Vikings are a really quirky team. We saw them sort of miraculously pull off the win against the Lions last week and played terribly against the Browns the week before. So you can make an argument. Yeah, It's been a minute since we've seen the Vikings play well. I'm with you on taking the points here. I think you can split this bet. Money line it and take the two and a half points right now. I don't know that it gets to three. I think as this game gets closer to kickoff, people will take the home dog and take the points here. And I think the spread gets a little bit tighter. So I would jump to the two and a half and split it with the money line. I like the Panthers as a team. Uh, I think that this one could be right down to the wire, but give me the home dog here. I'm just going to, it's not a blindly bet kind of game. I've thought about this game a lot. I think they're pretty closely matched up. I don't love the way the Vikings or the Panthers are playing right now, but I think both of them will be in the mix for the wild card at the end of the season. So just give me the points here. I think this is a tight one.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And we have seen some line movement even this morning. When I looked at that two and the plus 108 on the money line, this was last night. This morning, it's now two and a half in favor of Minnesota on the road. That money line has bumped up to plus 114, six more cents, if you agree with me, in the value in Carolina on carolina on this upcoming sunday so let's move now to our favorite totals of the weekend Blewett, you are looking at a game a get right spot for both teams really the kansas city chiefs on the road against the washington football team on this sunday the total has dropped a little bit but it is now at 54 and a half between the chiefs and the football team how are you approaching that number
1: So uh, down to 54.5, I'm going over the Chiefs this year. As I go backwards, they have 58 last week, 72 the week before, 54 the week before, 71 and 62 were their totals on the season. So only one time did they not cover this number. Obviously, they're trying to bounce back off of Um, maybe their worst performance since the Super Bowl. They've played some rough games so far this year. Everybody's talking about Mahomes with the six interceptions already, six on the year last year, and already six uh, as we head into week six. But uh, I think Washington has been far worse defensively than anticipated Uh, We've seen them give up fluke plays like Hail Mary's last week to the Saints. But I just think that if you're worried about laying six and a half on the road, which you should be, it's not an easy thing to do in the NFL. The Chiefs are not a team that covers uh, very often, but they were able to do it in this spot two weeks ago against Philly when they won 42 to 30. Uh, They might not be able to keep the points down, and maybe Washington scores a garbage touchdown to blow the spread, but I think both teams will be able to move the ball effectively and we will get over this 54-and-a-half number if I'm predicting the score. Uh, Talk about 35-20 if you think the Chiefs are going to cover and they get over the number. Maybe Washington scores one late, 35-28. You're still good. I think the Chiefs are going to get into the 30s here, which will help you with the numbers.
0: Yeah, the two worst scoring defenses in the NFL right now, Kansas City and Washington. This total opened up at 54 and a half. It is currently at 54 and a half. We did see it get all the way up to about 56 and a half earlier this week. My favorite total on the board this weekend is not a game total overall, but a team total for the Los Angeles Rams against the New York Giants. It's a lofty one up there around 30 points right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, but I think the Rams can lay it on the Giants even on the road in New York this upcoming Sunday. The spread for this game, Los Angeles has been favored by nine and a half. It's currently nine on the FanDuel Sportsbook. When you look at this Giants team, bottom 10 in scoring offense, bottom 10 also in scoring defense, which is where we thought Joe Judge and company would rely on this year. They're also giving up More than 270 passing yards per game. The Rams, the second best passing offense in the NFL, averaging 310.2 passing yards per game i expect a big game for matthew stafford a big game for Cooper cup a big game for everybody that matt stafford has at his disposal offensively and i think the rams lay a big number against the giants they could cover this spread but i'm going to focus on that team total for the rams of 30 and taking the over with los angeles even on the road on sunday against the giants all right quickly here blew it we got to get to our props only about two minutes left here in this segment your favorite prop for this sunday is what
1: uh, so we got she, we got uh, Texans going into Indianapolis. They're getting 10 points. If you're a little mm-hmm. itchy about laying 10 as a divisional, Opponent, I understand it. The Colts have not been good offensively. They basically handed the game to Lamar Jackson on Monday night. But what I would say is, I think Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor are in great positions. I don't often recommend a same game parlay, but I'm going to do it here. I got Michael Pittman with the over 60 and a half receiving yards plus a touchdown. You get it at plus 298. You have some interesting ones with a Jonathan Taylor and a Michael Pittman touchdown that can pay even bigger than that. But I'm going to stick with the one guy, correlate the bets. I think he gets in the end zone here at 60 and a half receiving yards. I'm in. Uh, they The Texans have allowed a, a player over 60 and a half receiving yards in all games, but one against the Browns when they allowed nine guys to catch passes.
0: Mike Blewitt, a plus money man on this football Friday. I absolutely love it. My favorite prop of this weekend is Justin Herbert and his passing attempts prop against the Baltimore Ravens not out currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. His passing yards prop is up. It's 294 and a half. I want to go to the passing attempts though because he is averaging 41.4 passing attempts per game so far this season is the second year quarterback in Justin Herbert. He has had at least 38 passing attempts in every game so far for the chargers baltimore the fourth worst passing defense in the nfl allowing nearly 300 yards per game and opponents are throwing it against the ravens 64 and a half percent of the time that is the third highest percentage in all of the nfl the baltimore ravens in the los angeles chargers one of the best games of the entire weekend what do you think is the best game for this football sunday find out on the other side of the break A football Friday on this edition of the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM channel 204 I'm your host Ben Stevens for this entire first hour we have been joined by our dear friend Mike Blewett we are about to round out this first hour but before we do on this football Friday we need to ask you the public who do you think is playing in the best game of this NFL Sunday let's find out together in fade the public. All right, Mike Blewett, here are the options for the best game of the NFL Week 6 Sunday slate. The Chargers and the Ravens, the Cardinals and the Browns, the Cowboys on the road in Foxborough against the New England Patriots and other. In the overwhelming majority right now of this Fade the Public poll says the Chargers and the Ravens at nearly 54% is the best game of this NFL Sunday. If you want your input taken into account, go vote in this poll still active at TV. On Twitter, Mike Blewett, are you fading the public?
1: I am going to fade the public. I think this is a result of there just not really being a lot of Arizona Cardinals fans. And they're having to put, I guess you could say the same about the Chargers, but people are looking at the records here. Look, I I think both games are enormously important. I think people are trying to find out if the Ravens are just getting lucky here or if they are good enough to keep beating uh, the elite teams Uh, in the AFC at least Uh, I'm obviously going to be focused on both games but I, I really am curious to see if the Cleveland Browns can knock off the final undefeated team I would shade that way but obviously Chargers Ravens extremely important as both of those teams are in a good position to make the playoffs
0: the Cleveland Browns beating the Cardinals and ending that unbeaten streak was your favorite side in our triple option. If you want more NFL insight from Mike Blewett, pro football today, each and every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the grid. He's got you locked and loaded for the NFL Sunday say Blewett, until we see you on Sunday, thanks for coming on this football Friday.
1: Yeah, buddy, good times. We'll see you next Friday, and we'll talk on Monday as well.
0: Yeah, we will recap it all on Monday. But next up, hour number two, a preview of the college football weekend. That's next right here on the grid.
2: How to spot a sports gaming winner.
0: They listen to us. Don't rely on